so I hid. Then he asked, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man replied, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. And he said to the man, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. For you are dust, and you will return to the dust. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. The Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life, eat, and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. Verse 24, he drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming, whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. I remember reading an account about some years ago how two men tiptoed in the middle of the night inside of a hardware store. They broke in. And when they broke in, they, they stole a paint sprayer and some cans of paint. They walk back to their room thinking, you know what? We got away with this. We'll never get caught. So with their paint sprayer and their cans of paint, they're walking back to their room, and they finally make it to the house. We got away. But a few hours later, the owner of the store and the city policeman had tracked them down. You might ask, well, how did they get found out? Well, you ask good questions on a Sunday morning. The paint can that they stole had leaked brightly colored paint from the hardware store all the way to their front door. Their sin had found them out. Sin has tragic consequences. The devil doesn't tell people about the awful cost of sin. He only shows the attractiveness and the, the glitter and the, the immediate thrill. 
But someday, those who violate God's law will discover that the price indeed has been paid high. Stephen did an awesome job last week by just painting the picture of the strategies of Satan. Sin has now entered the world. But as we dive in to today's text, Genesis 3, verses 8 through 24, and as we're processing this story together, I want us to do something a little differently this morning. I want us to look at it from our own sin situation. I love reading the narratives in the Old Testament, and when you read a narrative, it's almost like there's so much information in here, so you got to put it in scenes. So we're going to look at verses 8 through 24, this chunk of Scripture in three scenes. I don't have slides today, so we're going to do it old school. we got to open up the, the Bibles today and go right in. So we want to look at this chunk of Scripture in, in three different scenes, and when I break down these three scenes, then I'll take my seat. The first scene, we have the cover-up. The second scene, we have the confrontation. And the third scene, we have the consequences. The cover-up. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? Wow. Adam and Eve knew that when they heard the Lord coming, God would want to be with them. But check this out. This is how the Lord had fellowship with Adam and Eve in a very natural and close and an intimate way. Doesn't it blow your mind? I know what did me as I read this text. It blew my mind that even after they sinned, God is still pursuing them. Let's pause for a moment. In your situation right now, your sin, no matter what it is, God is still in pursuit of you. Let that sink in for a second. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of a verse in Psalm 139, verse 7 and 8, where it says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. God is with us. Even in our sin, he's in pursuit of us. We serve a God that no matter what, what we got going on, he's pursuing us. But don't get it twisted. In God's pursuit of you, you better believe that he's on board with exposure of your sin. It gets tough. He walks in the garden and we see the story and he calls out to him. He says, where are you? Don't think for one second that you are exempt from exposure, even in God's pursuit, his pursuit of you. You better believe that he's on board with exposure of your sin, the, the sin that right now, that you may be dealing with, that sin that you're kind of riding that wave, thinking, you know what, this is minor. No, no, nobody's going to find out. I, I, I'm good for this moment. I, 
I got another day. That sin that feels really good that you may be entangled with. The thrill is temporary because God is in the business of exposure. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of another scripture in Numbers chapter 32, verse 23. But if you don't do this, you will certainly sin against the Lord. Be sure your sins will find you out. Exposure. Yeah, God is in pursuit, but he wants to get rid of that sin out of your life. Let's keep going. I love what Oswald Chambers says. If you don't know who Oswald Chambers is, I'm not your friend anymore. Another way of remaining in intimacy with God is by remaining in his presence. I'll say that again. I don't have slides. Another way of remaining in intimacy with God is by remaining in his presence. But instead of them remaining in his presence, they hid themselves. It says it right here, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? This shows that Adam and Eve knew that their attempt to cover themselves failed. As you see, they didn't proudly show off their fig leaf garments. God, check out this new fit. These fig leaves is tight, right? That's not what he did. (laughs) Here's an observation. Sin makes us do some foolish things. There's a quote by Woodrow Cole, and he says, only a fool thinks he can fool God. Adam and Eve did not operate in wisdom. Their sin made them operate in foolishness. God being omniscient, knowing it all, God being omnipresent, being everywhere simultaneously. It's not really looking for them. God says, where are you? He's not really looking for them. He knows all. He's everywhere, right? So the question isn't a question of location to Adam. It was more of a question of Adam's heart to see if Adam would fess up, (laughs) if he would confess, if he would own up. So what just happened? I'm reminded of a story back in the day when I was a kid. We used to have these things called progress reports. Anybody uh, relate to progress reports? All right, so I'm going to tell this story. Don't judge me. So anyway, some time ago, I'm in middle school, I think, and my mother, being single, I would get home before she would get home. And... I would call her and say, Mom, I'm home. And she would say, all right, you know what to do. And I had rules. I had to do my homework and clean up before she got home. I might have waited till five minutes before she got home, but I got it done. But there was a rule. Don't touch the mail, Randall. Do not touch my mail. In my house, don't touch that mail. What I do? Progress reports are coming home. They send the progress reports to my house. I touch the mail because I knew that I had been messing up in school. So me, trying to be outsmarting my mom, I would grab the progress report, open this document. It was a document back in the day. You had had this paper you had to tear off, and you had to peel this document. It was like a legit thing, progress report. Now, progress report wasn't your actual grade. It was like the status of kind of where you were at until the actual grade came. Shout out to all the teachers in here. So anyway, I grabbed the progress report, and I looked at the where I stood, it says, Randall, communications, 
F. And I took my pencil and I turned my F into an A. And I look at another section, it said math, F. <laughs> I took my pencil and turned my F into an A. I got high, yeah, we good now. I'm chilling, dumb as ever. Closed my progress report, put it back in the mailbox like nothing ever happened. Moms get home, she, she goes to the mailbox, open the mail, and she said, oh, who opened this? Now, she already knew who did it. She opens a progress report. She looks at me knowing I did it. Did you do this? No. I, I, I didn't do that. Her question wasn't like, like she didn't already know. She wanted to see if I would confess to my, my sinful action. That's what's happening here. We, I couldn't outfool my mom. She already knew. This fool trying to change his grade, open up this document that you had to tear the paper off of and think that he could change the grade. What kind of fool is that? Sin makes us do some foolish stuff to cover up, man. I don't know about you. <laughs> Your sin right now. I guarantee you we all got stories of how we tried to cover up something that we look dumb doing it. Adam. <laughs> hiding from God who knows all and hits everywhere all the time is hiding the cover-up. But then we keep reading the confrontation that we get here. And he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he asks, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man replied, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Notice God's initial conversation. He didn't address Eve. He dressed Adam. And I looked, I'm like, man, you know what? Verse 17, and he said to the man, now both of them were hiding. How come he didn't address Eve? Because you listened to your wife. My bad, I'm, I'm off. So the Lord God called out to the man in verse 9 and said to him, where are you? So the Lord God called out to the man. God's issue was not with Eve right now, it's with Adam. And why is that? I don't have time to, to really peel back this sermon in itself about men. But here's an observation. Men, when there's a problem in the house or when the house is consumed by sin, God is looking at us. God didn't mistakenly leave Eve's name out. He calls on the man of the house. There was some stuff going on here, and Adam didn't own up to it. And the Lord knew that Adam was the leader, the head. He was created first, and Eve was created as the helper. He addressed the man of the house. They were in their home, the garden. Adam, where are you? Did you... Did you eat 
from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And who told you you were naked? Asking them questions. Ever since Adam, we see men reluctant to follow the Lord because they are afraid. This is tough. Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And ever since Adam, ever since the sin has entered the world, we see men reluctant to follow the Lord because they are afraid. You can see throughout Scripture men who are no strangers to running. We see Abram in Genesis 12 ran because of a famine. And you remember Jonah. We had a whole series about him. He ran from the Lord's assignment. And what about Moses who was filled with excuses and complaints? And what about Gideon, who was reluctant because of inadequacies? And Jeremiah said, I don't know how to speak, God. And it goes on and on and on throughout Scripture. And then we get to today. And we have men right now in 2022 who are running from their assignment from the Lord. There's a pattern that's happening throughout Scripture all until right now. That we have men not owning up to their responsibilities in their homes. Oh, that's a whole other sermon in itself. But Jerry, I don't don't have the time. I don't. And it goes on, and after giving his reason for hiding, God gives Adam a chance to come clean and own up. I love this because as small as this may seem, this is huge. He asked him, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? He gives Adam a way out. He gives him an opportunity to confess. What's your way out this morning? The sin that you may be just crested in right now. God has provided a way out for you. Confess that thing. Call that person. Text that person. Immediately get get on the phone. Whoever your person is, deal with that thing. God has given you a way. Get that sin out of your life, man. It's going to come out regardless. Get it out. He gives them a way out right here. And what does Adam do? (laughs) What is Adam's response to this? He blames God and Eve. What? The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me some fruit. So he blames God, and then he blames Eve. Adam's attempt to blame is completely consistent with human nature. Isn't that like us to, to blame somebody else, to, to, to shift that thing on somebody else because uh, we don't want the pain and the, 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 the consequences on that thing? We're going to say, you know what, she did it. My kids do it all the time. Gabrielle, did you? No, Randall did it. Randall, did you? I got six kids. So it goes all the way down to the little baby. Randall, did you? No, uh, Righteous did it. Righteous, did you do it? No, Royal, Royal. No, I, I didn't do it. Hannah did it. Like, what? And little Elena looking like, uh, I don't know what nobody talking about. It's easy to just shift the blame. But God already knows all, right? Let's keep reading. What happens? When God has confronted you, here's my question. When God has confronted you, What will your response be? We all get confronted for our sins. We try to cover up. Or we get an opportunity to own up and fess up 
confess these sins and what will our response be? Will it be to hide and to blame somebody else or will it be to come clean? I ask myself this question often (laughs) as I'm tempted to completely lie about a situation and we don't think about the consequences of that lie. But it's so easy to tell it. (laughs) The sin is embedded in us, man. This story, how heavy this story is, man, it's challenging to walk through because if I'm in the guard, I'm like, man, I might have responded the same way. I can't look at him and, Adam, why did you eat that? Why did you do that? Eve, why did you do that? I reflect on myself, and I want us to put ourselves in those shoes. Will we responded the same way, or will we came away victorious? So we have the cover-up. We have the confrontation. And then we see the consequences. This is the bulk of our scripture today and quite a bit to highlight here. So, Lord, help me. So the Lord God said to the serpent after Eve responds, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. And he said to the man, because you have listened to your wife and ate From the tree which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground, since you were taken from it. For you are dust, and you will return to dust. So after Eve responds, God directly goes into like a slew of consequences. And if you're looking at this, like this scene of consequences, I can imagine Adam and Eve and the serpent here, and God is dishing out these consequences. And for those of you who have siblings, you know when that first person gets in trouble, the anticipation is crazy. You're like, oh, they're getting it, man. That means I'm next. (laughs) They're probably exactly like that. But he goes through these consequences and he, he, he breaks down consequences for the serpent. Then he gets Eve and then he, and then he gets Adam. And I'm not going to break down what every one of these consequences mean, but I'm going to highlight some very important ones. He goes to the serpent first. You're up. You're cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust, and I will put hostility between you and the woman and her children. There's going to be beef. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. Wow. Let's pause right there. 
He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Wait, what? I will put host. God has some interesting consequences here for the serpent. I will put hostility between you and the woman and her children. And he will strike your head and he will. And you will strike his heel. Well, what does that mean? Scholars like to call this. I'll say this slow. I'm going to mess this word up. The proto-evangelium. Wow, what is, Randall sounds really smart today using big words. The proto-evangelium or the first gospel shows us that God always had the plan of salvation in mind and informed informed us of his plan as soon as sin entered the world. There's no doubt here that this is a prophecy of Jesus' ultimate defeat of Satan. But wait, you mean to tell me that sin has now entered the world and God cursed the enemy and points to a seed that will rescue? Put a pin there. I'll break this down a little bit more. We go to 1 John chapter 3. Verse 8, write that down. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. The one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose. Watch this. To destroy the devil's works. Did you get that? God cursed the serpent and then points to a seed that's going to come and destroy him. And we look at 1 John and say, the Son of God was revealed for this purpose to destroy the devil's works. And since the devil was going to be destroyed in his, with, a, with a murderous blow to the head, God's purpose was for the enemy to be destroyed. But, but let's, let's put a pin here. Let's put up in here. Let's, let's move down to Eve. Eve, I will intensify your labor pains, and you will bear children with painful effort. Some of y'all, that's enough right there. <laughs> that's more than, the ladies last more than all the other consequences. I will intensify your labor pains, and if you have children, you know what that feels like. And you will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And he moves to Adam. He says, he emphasizes again, you know, Adam was like, ah, man, I blamed God and I blamed Eve. And God is like, yeah, 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 you you blame your wife and you take no responsibility for your action. But he says right here, because you listened to your wife, he says it to him again, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. Here's yours. (laughs) The ground is cursed because of you. You you didn't own up. You blamed somebody else, but here's your consequence because you did this. You're the cause. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by painful labor. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat by the sweat of your brow. You are dust and will return to the dust. Lord, help me. 
a couple of things that's happening here. Adam and Eve, they cover up. They get confronted. The Lord dishes out some consequences for the serpent. And I love that he, he punishes the serpent first. It's, it just goes as a pattern here. We, we, we can't take care of the situation ourselves, so the Lord steps in. And he takes care of the enemy for us, clearly. But there's a, a pattern that continues. And he says, keep reading. After he gives Adam these, these, these consequences, he goes on. He's, and the scripture says, the man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. The Lord God made clothing, watch this, from skins for the man and his wife. And he clothed them. The Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out. Take from the tree of life, eat, and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. A couple of things are happening here. Now the consequences are out. Everybody has their thing. Cover up conversation consequence. Serpent, Eve, and Adam. Now you're following me. But watch this. A couple of things that are happening here. God, after cursing the serpent, cursing Eve, and cursing Adam, shows some mercy right here. Watch this. He curses them, and then he shows them mercy. What am I talking about? God clothed Adam and Eve with skins. I pause and I read it. I say, you know what? What does that actually mean? I'm just taking what the text gives me. He clothed them with skins, not, not skins from plants. Where did he get the skins from? For God to use skins, that means that something had to die. Watch me. Watch this. Adam and Eve covered in fig leaves. Those weren't good enough. Those fig leaves had no significance at all. In order for them to really be covered, something had to die. Watch this. You guys are looking at me like, what is Randall talking about? If we go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, write that scripture down. According to the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. God being, he initiated this. God being missional in his approach. Now we got the cover-up. We got the confrontation. Now we got these consequences. The Lord pointed to a, a divine seed that's coming to destroy the enemy. And he, and he, and he curses the, the enemy. The, the enemy's destruction is death. And he goes into Adam, Adam's last curse. You are dust and you will return to the dust. He cursed him to die. But there's mercy in this. God clothed Adam and Eve with skins indicates that something had to die. God being merciful in his actions decided not to just kill off Adam and Eve and say, you know what, I can, deservingly I can just drop them dead right now. But he says, no, I, I'm going to 
the, the end for the enemy is destruction, but Adam and Eve, I, I got something different for you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to clothe you with skins. I'm going to provide a sacrifice for you because I'm going to forgive you. In other words, God not only pointed to a seed that would come and destroy Satan, he provides a sacrifice for his children. And because of his mercy, he covered them. And he shows more mercy. Watch this. God protected Adam and Eve from the horrible fate of having to live forever as sinners by preventing them from eating from the tree of life. Watch this. He says, The Lord God says, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life, eat and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. God sent them out. I'm not going to allow you to just deal with this, this sinful thing for the rest of your life. You can't just continue to eat from the tree of life. You got to go. That's mercy. And then he showed them mercy by covering them with skins. That blows me away. I looked at the text and I'm like, wow, because the story's all familiar. And I'm going to close with this. The story's all familiar. God initiated these things. We, Adam never asked for any of these things. He didn't, he didn't ask to, for God to clothe him. God saw the situation. God saw where Adam was, and God saw what, what Eve had going on. He saw, what, he saw the situation, but he had a plan. The enemy who, who, who thought he formulated a plan, and he had this under, all, all this under control, and God steps in and says, no, nah, I got this. I'm going to curse you, enemy. And you're, going, you're in the destruction. Curses Adam and Eve. You are dust and you will return to the dust. But we all know that's not the end. God being missional, initiated contact with the sinner Pursuing them all through, even in their sin. Didn't just crush them and blow them and, 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 and blow them up right there in the garden and destroy them. He didn't do that. God steps in and he shows them mercy by saying, you know what? I'm going to provide you a sacrifice. Where are we this morning? As we reflect on this story and we are wallowing in our, our sin and we get to reflecting and the enemy is controlling our minds or wherever we are. God has provided us a sacrifice and his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has died on the cross to pay for our sins. This has been the pattern throughout scripture. Jesus being revealed there in the Old Testament he covers Adam and Eve. He says, you know what? I'm going, to I'm going to provide skins for you. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. That blood, 
that gives us strength from the Lord on the cross has put us in the spot where we get to experience God for eternity. Yes, this flesh will return to the dust, but we get to experience life with Jesus Christ. If we didn't hear anything else this morning, understand that we serve a God of mercy. We serve a God who is, is, is missional in his approach. No matter where you are in your thing, he will still pursue you. And yes, he is in the business of exposing you. He doesn't want you to just sit in that thing. Allow God to work on you. Don't run. When you have the opportunity to fess up and to, to really free yourself from this thing, deal with it right now. Don't run and hide like so many people do. The Lord knows all anyway. This story is beautiful. That God, even in our sin, will provide for us, will look out for us. That's the same story for you and I. God wants to see you win. He wants to see us win. He doesn't want us to just wallow in this sin. And the way we become free is getting closer to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Yes, this, this year has already started out tough. It's one of those weeks. It's been rough. I know. But God has a plan for you and me. His hand is on our lives. Don't allow the enemy to control your situation, knowing that his end is defeat. Choose victory. Choose victory. Let's pray. Lord, we stand here and we are grateful for your presence. We are grateful for your scriptures. We thank you for the challenge. Right now, Lord, we ask you to intervene in all of our situations. Allow the Holy Spirit, Lord, to infiltrate our lives and to deal with whatever it is we got going on. We are deceived, Lord, to thinking that this is, this is okay. But we know, Lord, you being missional in approach, Lord, you have a, a different plan for us. You want us to become free from that thing. You want us to give ourselves over to you and allow you to control the situation. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the price that he paid for us. Thank you for that demonstration. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Allow us to leave here challenged today. 
understanding that you are merciful no matter our situation. In Jesus' name, amen.